Well, everybody, it's episode 45 of Leading Ladies Corpus Christi. I know, I'm sitting across from an absolute badass, Melissa Zamora. <laughs> She's the founder of the Islander Green Team, and she also just recently became facilities coordinator at Texas A&M University Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. I hope I said that right. Sometimes I mix the words up. Okay, first things first, how about this beautiful day outside? I'm tripping on it. It's like the best day for you to be here. Yeah, it's beautiful. I feel like, darn, we should be outside, but it's okay. I contemplated it. I really did. And I was like, well, my backyard's a mess. And I have a kid, which is why the inside's a mess. But I can justify the inside a little bit more than the outside. I need to get better at it. But for someone like you, who probably spends a lot of time outdoors, I mean, it's just like natural for you to be out there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little warm today Mm -hmm. um, compared to the crazy cold weather we've been having, which I'm not used to. But I've I've been accustomed just because I know it's going to get crazy hot and I'm like trying to hold on to what feeling I know. good weather is. But cute sweater. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. My friend gave it to me. I wear a lot of hand-me-downs. Yeah. Hey, no, that, that's what it's all about. So you're from Corpus, right? Yeah. Okay. So have you always been involved environmentally? Like, have you always kind of had like a knack for gardening or, you know, how did this come about? Okay, yeah. So, um, I can go back to some of my first memories as a child. Yes, please. Um, growing up, uh, mainly going to grandma and grandma's house. Uh, my mom was working a lot. I didn't have a dad around much. So, growing up in my grandma and grandpa's house, it was a lot of like herbs grown out through all the yard. Like, oh, that's ru- so awesome. Or and, What's um, that? So, it's like an herb. Um, so yeah, rue is the English term and ruda is the Spanish term. Mm-hmm. It is it's a medicinal herb, but it kind of stinks to okay. some people, and I think that it's a it's a deterrent for fleas and mm. different types of insects. So right. I feel like my grandma knew what was up, mm-hmm. uh, growing like a yard of it, yeah. trying to get all the fleas out, and she had hey. chickens and like all that kind of stuff. And my grandpa always grew that like a big garden in the backyard, so I would help like harvest things, and wow. and I remember. Um, distinctly as a child wondering why my grandma uh, would be cutting up whatever she was making fruits or vegetables or eggshells or anything like that at coffee grounds she would put in this bowl um, like on the counter beside her and and she'd ask me to go and throw it in the garden and I was just kind of I don't even think I questioned it back then because it was such a natural thing Um, but now not really understanding what it meant back then and now really um, delving into what compost is and why she was doing what she was doing, yeah. utilizing all of her resources and um, wow. putting it back into the earth um, for which they gardened and, and got more food. So, And that um, was, bo- I mean, before composting was like the, the trendy thing, you know, where it was like very often, because, you know, you, you see it, I guess social media made it blow up. It's been knowledge people have had forever. Right. But but now, you know, you're seeing more and more of it and people are implementing it. But you got to see it. I mean, she knew how to do that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess she had learned it, you know, being from uh, Hispanic or Latino or Chicano or Mexican, whatever word you want to use. <laughs> All the background. <laughs> um, they would utilize, like, everything that they uh, were cooking at the time they would um like back then i guess uh i'm into like ancient mexican cultures oh yes um, and so i really liked like um reading about the historical um mexica people or the people of like tenochtitlan which is mexico city Mm -hmm. um how they would make these chinampas which are like um, the first hydroponics, uh, if you will, that from like I mean, ancient that's, civilization. To clear it up, that's the method of growing. Or like right? aquaponics, yes. I guess I should yes. say. Yes. And so they would yeah, take Yeah, because people immediately associate it with other things, but it's actually the method of 
cultivating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Right, so yeah. they would take their waste, like whatever they were using, whether it be their their fecal matter probably and their animals feces and mm -hmm. also fruits and vegetables and yard waste and they would make these patties in the lakes around Mexico City and, and grow things on top with the fish growing underneath um, and wow. then the plants on top and building bridges like that and so um, it is ingrained in our culture to utilize our resources in a way that helps us and the earth. Yeah. So, uh, I'm really like, so fascinated, cool. fascinated about that. I love that. And I think it's, it's so neat that this started with you at a very early age. And so, I mean, did, was there ever a point whenever you were like, let me get my hands on it and start this process from the beginning in terms of, of the gardening? Yeah. And with oh. your grandparents. Okay, the gardening. Yeah, so... I actually didn't even get involved with it as regularly or like as um, intensely um, until later in life, like when I had a child. Mm -hmm. And so um, between growing up and then, it was like I took it for granted or of I didn't course. understand it. Um, but, okay, uh, I should go back to where I got inspired environmentally though, yes. going this route. Um, I had a professor uh, in high school. Her name's Miss... Oh, where'd you go to school? Oh, King. Okay, me too. Mm -hmm. What year did you graduate? <laughs> 2008. Okay, you were four years behind me. Oh. Yeah, I graduated in 04. Okay. So did you okay. did you have a Miss uh, Anderson? Mary Anderson? Mm -mm. Okay. Yeah. So she uh, changed my life. I don't I don't even think I'd be here talking to you if it wasn't for her. Wow, shout um, out to Miss Anderson. <laughs> and we're still friends to this day. Of course. So I mean, much. for you to give her that kind of credit for like your life trajectory yeah, yeah that's yeah. amazing so props to king for having an environmental science class i hope they still have one see i don't know uh, i can't remember if there was an environmental science class when i was there maybe i don't know how yeah. frequent anyway yeah. yeah very cool but i signed up for the class environmental science in my senior year in high school and she just blew me away as far as like the animals that she had in her classroom, like snakes and things that she would feed in front of us, which is interesting. Wow. Um, all of the things that were happening globally as far as like climate change and like mm -hmm. all of these pressing issues that were coming up and, and hearing as like an adolescent kind of fearful or or like, man, how can I do something to change what is happening in the world in a better way, in a progressive yes. way? Yes. So, um, I'm like, I want to go, I want to do environmental science, uh, like, I want to be paid to play outside and, like, do Word. awesome things and not be stuck in an office, no offense to people who do, but... No, it's not for everyone. <laughs> right. It's for some people, but it's not for everyone. And it's important for yes. those people that do. Yes. yes, of course. But you got to get outside sometimes. And, Absolutely. And I prefer, yeah, to be paid for it, so that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> All <Right>. well said, <laughs> Melissa. I love it. So, wait, yeah, um... So then, yeah, I took I took that on as like a sign, like okay, I'm gonna go towards that because I didn't really know what I was gonna do after high school. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom would always drill it in my head: you're going to college. It doesn't matter what you're gonna do, you're going to college. Same, exact, <laughs> exact same. Just get a degree. Yeah, yeah, was what I was told. Bless their hearts. Aww, but yes, I know. So I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had any other option really. I mm -hmm. trusted in my mom, and I was like, okay, well, you're a strong, hardworking, single parent. I trust you. So I was like, I'm gonna do that. Um, so then when I graduated from King, I enrolled in Del Mar College, which I love. I um, love Del Mar. <laughs> I only took summer courses, but I loved the experience. So yeah, yeah. it was amazing. Um, yeah, really good 
teachers and an environment and the library I love. I worked there for six years. So yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know how you're supposed to graduate in two years, but to all those people listening out there, it doesn't always work out that way. I love and, that you're um, saying this. Thank you so <laughs> seriously. It's uh, huge. And it's okay. You don't have to rush in, and I don't think I would have done. I don't think I would have been able to handle full time mm -hmm. uh, classes because it's intense. But well, that to um, me, that's the beauty of college is that it's designed so that you can do it how, what, in whichever way works for you. Like my father-in-law took eight years to get a four-year degree, and he jokes about it all the time. Yeah. But he had a kid. And he had, so he had to work full time. Right. Um, but he got that degree. Yes. You know, and, and that's what I think is so beautiful about it. And I love that you just shared that. So thank you. And so, yeah, I'm in the same situation. I, I got pregnant uh, within my first year in college and I wasn't planning on it, but things happen and that's okay. I love my son. He's going to be nine or 10 this year. Wow. Oh, God. Whoa. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. What's his name? He's amazing. His name's Sage. I love it. I love it. <laughs> And not over the plant, coincidentally, everybody thinks like, oh, the plant. But no, it's because of the wise man significance. Okay. We want him to be a wise oh, man. Oh, that's so, so good. To be a sage. That's yeah. a, yeah, great name. I hope it, it it's sticking, yeah. I'm yeah. like, I hope it's, a, he's, he's a smart kid. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, yeah, look at his mom. Come on. <laughs> oh, well, so yeah, I had to work and go to school and be a mom and um then i started getting involved with organizations in and out of school within mm -hmm. the community i felt like i wasn't doing enough so I in had particular to get like environmental yeah uh, purposes yes okay. so yeah I, so um after i was attending college and you know getting more in, I, I took uh biology i got a biology degree because i figured if i was going to the environmental science mm -hmm. route um, that was the only type of related field at Del Mar at the time, which yeah. is awesome. Uh, so that's what then, my degree's in is biology. Oh really? Mm -hmm. I liked it. Yeah. And I got biotech certificate and I love that program Good and the people job. doing it. Yeah. Um, but I know, uh, yeah, I didn't really want to do mm -hmm. that. So, um, and that's but, okay too. But yeah. So after I had my son, uh, and it, it had been about a year or two and I was thinking, man, um, and I was living at the colony apartments. Um, which I are like some, I've seen those. some pretty old and uh, raggedy apartments, but we were <laughs> you know, struggling and it was what we could afford, but they had yards in the front of the apartments, which I thought was cool. That is cool. It's like duplex style. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I want to start a garden. I want to start like learning how to grow my own food. Mm -hmm. I, I never really did. Um, and so I started in that little front area. I asked permission or what they said yeah. it was fine. Yeah. And then in the little grassy area in the yard and I grew my first like rainbow carrots and like, um, First of all, what are rainbow carrots? <laughs> Back up. Because when people <laughs> are like, oh, I did my first garden, you know, they'll try like tomatoes or, uh, or herbs, obviously like basil. Yes. I can't stop that from growing. Mm. But you started with rainbow carrots. Yeah. What are rainbow carrots? So Don't know what they I are. I got excited with the heirloom varieties and I'll, I'll like up and speak about if you don't know what heirloom uh variety seeds are. what's the i don't and that's the thing i really don't i've seen the name okay but don't, you know i associate it with tomatoes yeah. break it down for me so heirloom i guess for lack of a better term is like a way to describe something that's been passed down through generations oh okay that makes so, perfect sense so with seeds those are very important because at this day and age it's like everything's being genetically yes. modified and it has been for a while and and people are noticing that maybe that's not the best way to go and mm -hmm. how um they're hybridized and 
and, and modified to where you can grow them once and then they won't grow again. Like mm -hmm. if you try to save the seed and grow it, it won't be as successful and you'll have to keep buying. That's like the business of, course. Uh, of trying to get people what is to it? keep. Uh, Monsanto or whatever. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and then people like that, I guess. So. Yeah. So I want to support the heirloom variety, um, the heirloom companies like Baker Creek Heirloom. No, yes, like, please name drop yeah, because I had no idea there company. was a difference. Okay. Yes, and so you go on and there's these beautiful catalogs of like all these different types of um, fruits, vegetables, herbs, tomato, or, uh, trees, and everything you can think of. And so I saw these rainbow carrots, and so they're just like different colored carrots, not just your standard orange. Right. I think I've seen purple. Yeah, purple okay. and white and yellow and and oh. <laughs> Watch out, he can be kind of a jerk. Usually um, I lock him up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. No, he just wants to be all up in your business. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I got intrigued and I'm thinking, man, I started doing some research. Okay, heirlooms have different benefits. You know, the different colors are signifying these different vitamins within the, the different species. Right, so, like, right. Okay. There's even blue uh, And they potatoes. evolved. See, I've seen those. And like, but these like species that you said that, that kind of like diversified, it all happened naturally. Yeah, and I mean, they did hybridize way back when, but in a natural way. Yeah, like they would go and like try to put Breed. in, yes, yeah. and do what they could. But yeah. but it's holding on to those ancient traditions. You know, Mexican people, um, they were they still grow to this day, like the red corns and, and white corn and, and yellow, of course, but um, all these different varieties. And, and so with that, when you have biodiversity, you have like better, um, like... I would say, I'd say better success in growing yeah. and like uh, better nutrients available and you're making something out of the norm. I always like to go like outside of the, of course. the normal way of doing things and just see what works. Absolutely. And I'd never seen that growing here. So I'm like, let me try it out. And it worked. And I'm like, man, it's not so hard or I could do this. And it was a, a book that I was reading. Actually, I needed to give a shout out to this yes. book. That, that also did some influence on me wanting to garden was um, Sacred Land. Sacred Land. By Clea Denon. It's an amazing book about like intuitive gardening. And, like, oh, I love Really like that. connecting and, and trying to, it's, it's kind of aside from the scientific approach, which I'm kind of like half science and half spiritual. I'm right there sense. with you. Yes. So like. And there, and so much of what uh, people have been saying in terms of like being spiritual and like the bringing in like being intuitive and stuff like that is starting to be proven by science. Interestingly. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that because people back then knew, mm -hmm. but now, you know, everyone, the people who need proof to starting to come out. Yes. Yeah. So that's really neat. And, um, Okay, yeah, so I was going with the garden stuff there. The book was amazing. Um, yeah, and so I have a question. Is it characteristic of you to do that kind of research prior to starting something up? Because I think that's so cool that you really are, like, covering all your bases and seeing, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're providing yourself with all this information in order to make, go with the best approach. Like, you yeah. didn't just grab a pack of seeds, which is fine for anyone <laughs> wanting to start, truthfully. Yeah. But your approach is so cool. But I guess, like you said, you always kind of want to go the unbeaten path kind of thing. Right. So, and incorporate 
I didn't really get too much of that type of influence, which I want to, like mm -hmm. certain places like Austin, of course, or San Marcos, or right. California, for instance. There are all these progressive areas, like Oregon and Colorado, they know what's up with all these waste reduction programs, yes. and, like natives and, and uh, plantings and all these things. But um, but we're behind the times. But, but so I guess, yeah. But people I, like you are helping move it along like you're spreading the word you know right if we stick around yes what does that mean <laughs> well no i'm saying like for those of us that are still here yes. i guess because yeah. there's too many times and i know i've heard on previous podcasts too is that people who are progressive and who have these ideas and want to change things tend to kind of give up and move to try to go and, and join in on that somewhere else mm -hmm. instead of bringing it here or starting it right, here. Right, which is so so interesting to me because you would think you would want to break ground and introduce it more widely right. in an area where it isn't. Exactly. Um, which is why I'm so appreciative of people like you who are still here. I mean, you're at the university and you're doing your thing in yeah. addition to, you know, talking to people like me and people at the <laughs> Plumeria Society and letting people know what's up. Yeah, so. I love it. I totally am honored to do that. If anyone wants to know more, ask me. Like, I'm more than willing to go and help because I'm not really one to go out and be like, hey, you should do this. Mm -hmm. It's more of like, uh, if people are wanting to know or have a curiosity or just want to have a conversation like you had asked me, then um, I'm like more than willing. And, and that's the best way, I think, because you're getting personal and like you're learning from each other and, and hearing the backgrounds and then you can kind of use that to um kind of form or mold what type of garden or compost or whatever yes. project they're working on how it will suit them and and the the community and the environment here no i think that's a great way to describe it too because it's like you're kind of putting your energy out there and then people who want to learn from you like has like an energy match will come find you so you're not having like you said having to go out and be like do this and do that right and which i probably should be more like giving tips because people might not know that uh, people like me are around but exactly which is you know I, I think that this podcast will help and then of course what you're doing with the university yeah uh so okay so you so you had a natural green thumb is what you're telling me so you mm. planted these seeds and it was it wasn't so bad yeah, but I mean, I haven't always, you know, it's trial and error, and over years of, like, trying, you learn somehow, and, like, yeah. and with the that book, which talks about intuitive gardening, kind of learning to listen what the plants need, and learning to observe, like, um, things like the, the weather, for instance, or, like, the sun exposure, the moisture in there, and, and um, it's really, it's really cool, like, not just researching, like, in books, but, yes. but actually doing it, yes. and, and learning from experience, and so... I don't think that I go out there and try all the time to research things that I want to do, like with the Sacred Land book. Mm -hmm. That kind of just, I don't know how that fell into my hands, but once I read it, it inspired me. Like I get inspired yes. um, by people or books or things like that, and then I want to do it. Yeah, so. well, you're definitely having that effect on me right now because <laughs> I wanted to start a garden, and we, and we have like potted herbs. That's as far as we've gone, and they do well. But, you know, I'd really like to expand from there kind of thing. And so listening to you talk about it, I'm like, I, I should be doing this. Yeah. So then, okay, so you go to university, you go to A&M, right? Yeah. Oh, so I graduated, though. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to like segue into from how did I get from? Yes. Fredoma? However, however you want to tell me, I'm, I'm digging this. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know. I'm trying not to miss anything. Okay, but once I started, yeah, I don't want to skip over a very another important lady. Yes. That, and all my inspiration have been women. Uh, which is super cool. <laughs> women inspiring women, and then it comes full circle because you're giving them shout outs. Love yes, it. Yes. Yeah. So okay, once I I was kind of getting my hands dirty with the apartment garden. And I was wanting to do more. I was like, okay, I think I could do this. I want a community garden. Like in that book, it was also talking about communities throughout yes. the world, throughout the country, who were connecting in this way and helping each other. And, and I was like, man, we need that here. And, and we can grow a lot of stuff here. And what year is this what? at this point that, that oh. you're thinking this? Oh, oh, man. So this was like... 2000? If I, no. If I graduated in 2008, I had my son 2009. It was probably like 2011. Okay. Yeah, around that time. And I I was like, man, I want to start a community garden. I, I don't know like where the first step is. And, and I was just like thinking about it. And I asked the apartments that I was uh, uh, leasing to at the time, the Apple Colony, and I was like, we have this space, you know? They weren't really um, wanting to trust me on taking that on. And maybe that was for a good reason because I didn't really know what I was doing. But I love that you acquired though. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you never know until you ask, yep. but things happen for a reason. And one day I was at the botanical gardens of all places mm -hmm. and it was like the big bloom sale they had like every year. Yeah. And a woman was there at a table and she was selling these books for children in need or, or for people in the Philippines. And it was this book that she created and I can't remember what it's called, but it was about a monkey. And she created and she the book? She made the book. She's the author. She's an illustrator. Wow. Um, and her name is Marisa Smith. Okay. I feel like I've seen that name. Bless her soul, she passed away last year, and it was really hard. Um, oh no, I'm so sorry. Because she was a dear friend, and it's okay, it's going to happen, all of this is fine. Yes, <sighs> but, it's a transition. But I, I'll miss her, and I'll always remember her, and always bring her up whenever I get asked about my gardening, and, and whatever, how I got into it, because since I was looking for the community gardens, and I saw her, and I saw a rock on the table that said South Texas Community Gardens, mm -hmm. and I'm like... Whoa. I'm looking for a community garden. Do you know who I can talk to? How cool is that? <laughs> and she was like, oh my god. And she was like even more excited than I was. And yeah. she was like, you want a community garden? Oh my god, I could show you like three or whatever. I could just go take you to all these places. And so she did. And um, she took me um, to a woman's house. Like beside her house, she had a plot uh, that she needed help tending. So I was living next to it at the time. And I helped her. And then she wow. showed me. Um, I mean, talk about being led. You were totally led to this yeah. woman and, and that. Wow. <sighs> I she's love amazing. That. And, and I guess, yeah, she was a little older at that time, so she needed help. She needed a young person to kind of get get uh, with the energy and helping her with these areas. And so there was another place that's near and dear to my heart called um, the Claire Lane Community okay. uh, Apartment. Okay. It's kind of like... Um, it is right next to La Armada off the of air. Oh, okay. So it's like I do a, know what you're talking um, about. Like a government housing yes. type community. Okay. And so they're... Close to Del Mar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Right over on Ayers. And so um, she showed me that there was like about seven or eight plots there, big plots that were built there by master gardeners a long time ago. But mm -hmm. um, from a lot of uh, those gardens, some for some reason, they get overrun by weeds, I guess, because nobody either knows how to take care of them or wants to. 
and she said you know we should do something here you can take this space if you want to have a community garden and, and you know this is surrounded by like older people who may know a thing or two and there's also you know younger folks at, at the Laudamada Recreation Center and things like that so I, um, I was like okay I want to try it out so then I started getting people together we had these garden gatherings there where we had like harvesting of whatever well first of all we would we, we weeded out everything and like planted all kinds of stuff wow. from like squash to um, scarlet sage and aloe vera to corn to um, all these different types See, of See, in my herbs. mind, corn takes up a lot of room. Yeah, well, these were pretty large. Okay, there was probably wow. like at least eight feet, eight feet by okay. four feet or something. That's incredible. Yeah, so, and it was amazing to me for my first time experiencing a community garden space and to see how much actually came out of that thing and, mm -hmm. and a lot of produce and a lot of love from people that I didn't know. And one thing that she taught me that that I'll never forget as well is just she had no judgments for anyone and like being on that side oh, of town that's the best. and uh seeing random people walk by that you may think or look twice at she was like do you want to come over here and help us garden do you want to get some herbs do you want to do this or that um and they would come and help like she was just that like persuasive and sweet and yeah. and you couldn't say no to right. her right so. and you, you didn't want to <laughs> oh. yeah so that kind she of personality she was and, and her spirit will live on through gardens forever yes. but I, I feel really blessed and honored to know her but to be able to continue her legacy of, gar of community gardening and and how she always had a dream of having gardens on the university campus and now that I'm working there and I'm in the facilities and I'm working with the landscape department I'm now actually able to start doing stuff Girl, like on the I can't believe it hasn't been done prior <sighs> yeah that well, blows my mind because it was waiting for you obviously <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> well, they have a beautiful landscape, but some areas need some more help. And, and I'd like to do some more experimenting and things um, as far as utilizing native species and yes. conserving resources and, and doing all kinds of dynamic gardening. But, but um, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to Marisa because she, she changed my life as well. But, okay. So going on, I graduated from Del Mar in like 2014 with my biology degree. And then I went off to... Texas A&M University, Corpus Christi, and um, that's when I started my environmental science degree. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I'm excited. I get it. Get to get involved with this and learn more about this subject. And so, um, so yeah, I was in a couple years and I was getting the hang of being a student. And then in 2016, another woman inspired me and changed my life again. Um, wow. Um, Dr. Jennifer Smith Engel is an environmental okay. science professor. I've seen her name professor. a lot. And so I was taking her class, Intro to ESI, or Intro to Environmental Science class, which is for non-environmental science majors, mm -hmm. too. It's kind of like an introductory to anyone yes. who wants to learn more. Right. And so through this class, she had this project that every group had to do um, to create a green project on campus that, you know, you would find out the feasibility, the cost savings, like what it would take to create a green project on campus. And wow. this was just for just for research and I guess for um, the students to find out how how it could be done, mm -hmm. but it's not like mandatory for it to go forward. Okay, that's what I was wondering. So you don't yeah. necessarily have to execute it, but you need to plan this project. Right. Yeah, okay, which yeah, is, uh, I mean, you're doing like an engineer's job. That Engineers do that, so yeah. that's amazing. And kudos to engineers, yeah. that's awesome. Um, but, so with this project, um, 
yeah, instead of just letting it slide as just a project, mine, of course, was focused on composting because mm -hmm. after we had to research, like, what other universities are doing um, in regards to green projects. Yes. So, like, a lot of composting came up, and I was like, well, I'm, I kind of know what compost is, and I haven't done it at this scale, but I mm -hmm. think I could try, and, and let's, we should do this. And so we got first place for once for the poster or for the idea. Right. It's like, dang, we need to go, we need to do this. Yeah. So, so how, okay, so you, <laughs> so how do you go about, do you have to like get approval, or is it like, hey, your project kicked ass based on your design and your plan, so go on and make this happen? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I had to get approval, yes, but it was more of just like, who do I talk to to get this started? Mm -hmm. And so they kind of geared me in the direction towards, oh, okay, you need to go get it approved by the Environmental Council. You need to put it in as a green project. And so the Environmental Health and Safety Department helped a lot uh, with um, helping me figure out how I would get this done. And so not only did I need their help with finding a space, because I was like, okay, where am I going to do this? Yeah. Um, but then I needed to get, like, mm, I went to the Starbucks on campus mm -hmm. to get, uh, to see if they would even let me utilize, like, their coffee grounds for composting. Oh, Because yeah. I didn't know where to start. And I was like, I don't know. No, that's genius, because ways. what do they do with it otherwise? Trash? Right. It was trash. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, so I was like, let's let's see what we could do. Okay, we got we went in the behind uh, the storage area, and there was like some dumpsters with some pallets by it. And I'm like, okay, we could we could put uh, some pallets together and make like a makeshift compost bin area. And so we did that, um, and we were putting compo or the coffee grounds, and then we were putting shredded paper. So and how do you, so yeah? How do you start a compost area? Because you said that there were some pallets, but is it like, does it, it needs to be on grass or yeah. like vegetation? I mean, it doesn't need to be on grass. People put it on, you could put it on concrete or on soil or really? on grass. Yeah. Okay, see, I didn't realize that. So you can literally start from like a non-organic mm -hmm. base or Yeah, some people prefer that because you know like exactly what is That's in it, true. I guess. Interesting. Um, That's an interesting perspective. But for this reason, or for this, what we did, it was just kind of putting it on the grass. And, and I'm more of a naturalist, so I'm like, eh, yeah. it's okay, you know, it'll all break down. And, right. And those nutrients will come up from the soil beneath and help in this different way. So anyway, uh, let's see. So yeah. We put the pallets next to this like shed area and um, and we started experimenting with different materials. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, I guess I could start here with telling you like what compost Hallelujah! is. <laughs> I'm like, I know what it is, but I, I read a quote somewhere that was like, if you can't explain it simply, then you don't understand it well enough. And that's mm -hmm. where I'm at right now. So okay. break it down for me. Okay, break it down, literally. Compost <laughs> breaks it down. <laughs> so pretty much in a nutshell, compost is like um, organic waste that is broken down by natural processes. And if you ask like, okay, well, what's organic waste? Mm -hmm. I would say like anything that was once alive. Mm -hmm. So yes. like, um, like your fruits and vegetable waste, the eggshells, um, I like mean, the coffee beans that were are now ground, right. right? And like even paper because it came from trees, mm -hmm. and like even people get experimental with like cardboard and mm -hmm. stuff too. But also like chipped um, wood mulch is the best, right? Like for your carbon source, and I'll talk about like um, 
what types of ratios and, and, and components you need in there. Yes, but, please. But um, some people even, there's mortality composting, which is like I've taking heard of this. The, the, like dead animals. Mm -hmm. and um, But those there's so many different ways. Um, but we do not do any type of carcasses or yeah. anything in ours. Or, um, but you can. Um, but yeah, you just have to have certain controlled conditions. Absolutely. Yes. But, Basically, yeah, like your food and your yard waste and it gets put together in this certain way and you put a little bit of soil in there and then the microbes, so the bacteria and the fungi, these tiny organisms yes. that are within all of these ingredients, like are activated by the balance of nutrients and they'll go crazy and start breaking it down for you. Yes. And so, um, but you need carbon and nitrogen basically mm -hmm. and so calcium comes in with the eggshells but your carbon yes. sources are like your paper your leaves like dead leaves in particular um uh the wood chips uh coffee filters tea bags oh even like, filters but it's paper yes, okay yeah so, you consider that. so you can literally just grab your filter with the used grounds and put it in your compost pile. yeah wow okay mm -hmm. does it get any easier than that mm, no <clears throat> <laughs> oh, like, yeah, hint, so hint. do that with the carbon stuff okay and then you have nitrogen which is like your food waste like all the stinky stuff mm -hmm. like um, the juicy fruits and vegetable peels the coffee grounds have a lot of nitrogen and like some fresh grass clippings and like things like that more of the fresh stuff yes and then the carbon's more of like the dead and like dry stuff okay, to balance out and like get it all um, worked in there but you got to have a certain ratio and so usually it is 25 to 35 parts carbon to one part nitrogen and wow I know that sounds weird and it was really hard for us to come up with the dang calculation you guys came up with this no, 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 no. Okay. I'm not going to take credit for that. No. <laughs> we were experimenting for like a year with just eyeballing because I, yeah. through the research, it's kind of difficult and a little challenging to understand with these ratios. It's like, oh, okay, for every one part uh, nitrogen, you need about three parts of, uh, or 30 parts of the carbon, but like, how do but you break like that down a, if you're not calculating? I always think, in my mind, I'm always, but yeah, I guess you're right because you're having to... Hmm. See, in my mind, I'm thinking volume, right? So yeah. it's like a, a cup of yes. your nitrogenous whatever. Right. So let's say your 30 cups of whatever. Right. So yeah. if you want to even look at it like a five-gallon bucket, mm. let's say one gal five-gallon bucket of uh, fruits and veggie waste need at least three uh, five-gallon buckets of chip, wood chip mulch or right. like something else to come okay. in. Like so that's simple that to out. follow as yeah. to me. And so, so if you're doing like small scale, that's cool. But once you start getting into the large scale stuff like we were dealing with, we had to get the calculations right for the right. ratio because we started noticing like the temperature wasn't getting high enough or it wasn't breaking down right. And mm -hmm. we're like, so you guys are in there like here. monitoring it in that kind of way? Yes. Wow. So weighing everything that goes through it with a scale, we've got to take the temperature and monitor that and make sure it's at the right temperature for the, the length of time that it needs to be. And so, yeah, that was a learning process because I didn't really know what I was doing in the yeah. beginning, which I want to highlight and say, like, you're not going to really know at first, but yes. then you've got to just do it and learn somehow and you work together to figure it out. You start intuitively getting it. <laughs> oh, I think half intuitively and half like, okay, like researching and reaching out to people that have already done it, like yeah. trying not to reinvent the wheel. So I touched base with like Bobcat composting in te uh, Texas State and San Marcos mm -hmm. and like some uh, like University of Washington has an awesome compost program. So okay. uh, even the uh, University of uh, Texas A&M Kingsville. 
Really? And so I learned a lot, yes, from them as well. And so... And thanks for sharing that. I love yeah. when I remember my leading ladies come in here and say like, yeah, it's you're not going to know exactly what to do and you're going to trip a little bit and, you know, it's a, a learning thing. And yeah. so thanks for sharing that. I mean, how else do we learn? Yep. So... It's been a journey and I really miss like working and all that since I'm not as uh, involved as I once was but okay so going through all of that I hope I, I didn't like stumble around too much. No. Um, <laughs> but we've since okay when it started in 2016 it was just the coffee grounds and the paper shreds like right. I was talking about and that wasn't really working out. Yeah. And so we're like okay. Because the goal is is to prov and, and correct me if I'm wrong it's to provide a spot or you know the right conditions to grow stuff mm -hmm. right that's yes. the goal right well for compost yes the goal is to okay i was gonna get into that later but i no, can no, say no, that no 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 then, then save it then save <laughs> okay, it okay okay yeah, I, I, i'm still trying to understand it so okay <laughs> okay carry on i'll go back into it okay and then we're gonna regroup on that yes okay. so Okay, with the coffee grounds and paper sheds, wasn't really working out like that. It wasn't until um, the, okay, but so that was the compost program, right? Yes. But the Islander Green team was forming at the exact same time, and this was during the uh, fall of 2016. Okay. So whenever I realized, like, okay, we, I wanted to start this compost program, I also realized we don't even have an environmental organization mm -hmm. on campus. Mm -hmm. Like, we had the Islander Green but it wasn't, it was a departmental thing and it wasn't like a student yes. run or student involved thing. They weren't meeting regularly right. um, until I started asking the questions and saying, you know, do y'all meet regularly? Well, no. Well, can I start like a student organization that's um, pig not piggybacking, but I guess like partnering with you guys so that we can have a stronger uh, environmental presence and, yes. and doing more. And so they were like, of course. So I was like, okay. Oh, I, d I really can't believe it took to 2016 for this to happen. Right. I'm really surprised by it. Oh, and just for the record, I'm speaking on behalf of myself and not the university, just FYI. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, since I've, I've I had a lot of influence and a lot of help from them, I, I just have to bring that up. So, of course. Um, but, so then we were trying to formulate this organization to try and um, really, I knew that I couldn't do it alone with the compost program. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I need help. And yeah. we need an organization not only for compost, but like I was into gardening at the time. And that was kind of what spurred the, the green team. But now it's like so much more. And I'm so excited that it is. Because, yeah. I mean, it's so much more than I could have imagined. But... Um, but you created it, you know, which you, is cool. I, yeah, I mean that is really <laughs> cool. And that was like it started out with like five of us, and now it's like over thirty or fifty, and I don't even know how many people on virtually versus well, who actually show up. But. Oh, true that. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like yeah, spreading are, the word. I mean, even just sharing what you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then. In 2016, yes, the Islander Green team started and the Islander Compost started. And mm -hmm. so, um, so let's see, let's see. Okay, yeah, it wasn't until we started getting more active members and people wanting to help and volunteering uh, for the compost because... Oh, and this is another cool thing. Okay, so I started as a volunteer doing the compost stuff. Mm -hmm. Like for, I mentioned, I was... For your own project? It wasn't even for a project. It was just... For just the sake to do of it. doing it because Whoa. it wasn't being done. Wow. And uh, I don't know why. I just did it. And it was a lot of work. And <laughs> I'm like, Because you love it. 
yeah but oh it was a lot so i was trying to work go to school be the mom run this mm -hmm. organization run the compost program and i was like okay um yeah i need uh, I can't do this anymore for free is what I told them. I can't, right. be, I can't be a volunteer anymore. I, li I literally have to take care of my family. And they were like, okay. That is freaking awesome. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I mean, for you to step up and say, hey, this is a lot of work. I mean, I'm, I'm doing you guys a solid and I love to do it, but right. amazing. And so at that point, I was like, you could either hire me or I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I can't. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, we're going to hire you. And so, girl, I was the first student worker working on green initiatives. Like, what? You could, you're gonna pay me? Oh, you are. Like, I didn't even think that they were gonna say yes. Yeah, and they did. And so I was like, oh wow. Okay, cool. So I started doing it. So they I, like created a position. Yes. Dude. Yes, with green. Yes, funding, wow. and it was amazing. Yeah. So. So I was ha excited to do what I love and I was studying, I was being, I was already on campus so it made it a lot easier for me. But after working with that, I was like, I can't do it alone. Still, this is hard. Yes. And so they hired like two more student workers to help and do other things for environmental health and safety. Yeah. But, um, but the fact that they were hiring students now, this was affecting others, not just me. Yes. And so now to this day, I think they have at least five green student workers that are helping with the compost, maintaining the compost and gardens throughout the campus. And so it is just amazing. Um, yeah, and it's only been a, a couple of years, so I'm just excited. Of what, I what is to come. am very, I mean, I already knew I was impressed with you, but just to hear how you essentially spearheaded this kind of movement. I mean, there was awareness. Not done yet. Yeah, there, there was awareness, <laughs> but I mean, you really formulated this. I mean, has it dawned on you? Like, this is huge. <laughs> I mean, Texas A&M University Corpus Christi, too. I mean, that's not any, you know, small potato school right. either. So, I mean, that's really saying something. Yeah. And like you said, for it to keep being the gift that keeps on giving in terms of uh, it being the uh, green team being student run and then y'all mm. actually hiring on students to do this kind of work, that's yes. incredible. Yes. And it's growing. So they're getting experience as yes. well as education. Like, that's what it's all about. And, and so I'm excited. But then, okay, I was like, I'm like, I veer off too much. I was going back to... No, I <laughs> love tangents. And I usually, I usually give this little, whatever you want to call it, disclaimer prior to starting. But I love when people kind of go, you know... Windy and end up in different areas and then find their way back. I love it. Oh, so you're okay. great. I'm like, yeah, yeah we can't miss this. We can't yeah. miss this. Okay, so going back to the coffee grounds and the sugar paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in the mix of all that, we had uh, these volunteers step up and then they wanted to help. So this girl in, in particular, Sophia Gonzalez, she's awesome and she's now a student worker uh, working with the compost. All right, it. Sophia! Woo woo! Uh, she helped lead and take my place in leading the compost program. Okay. So she's amazing, and I don't know where it would be without her. Um, and so, but there's others working with her, and props to y'all. But um, she was the one who really spearheaded going and talking to the dining hall and the and the UC cafeteria facilities yes. um, to get fruits and vegetable scraps, which we really needed. Mm -hmm. And so I was happy for her to, like, 
have the courage to go out and start talking to people because I think as students they get intimidated I guess by uh, university employees for mm -hmm. some reason but but at the University of Corpus which I could say confidently like the faculty and staff and, and whoever is working there is really willing to help the students and I'm living proof of that yeah. because um, I, I was able to do and accomplish so much um, but so yeah, she made good relationships with them, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll give you our scraps. Just tell us like how to do it." And, mm -hmm. and so we started. Working I guess you'll out. have to provide receptacles or whatever. Yeah. So probably. we started. Actually, there's a Chick Fil A on campus that was getting throwing away like pickle buckets mm -hmm. uh, of ooh. all things and five gallon buckets and yeah. green. <laughs> we're like, ooh, green buckets. It was meant to be. <laughs> I'd like to point out real quick, there was not a Starbucks or a Chick Fil A on campus when I was there. Just oh, saying. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty popular now. Yeah. But so we started. We were reusing the buckets instead of putting them to waste. You know, we put them to use. And we started, okay, giving them empty buckets in exchange for the full buckets, and it was like a routine. So we, she, Sophia had created this awesome schedule that I didn't even, like, she took it to another level. And I'm glad she did. And young people are so good at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, young people, I, I feel old now. They know how to <laughs> Yeah, she's I'm like, oh, you. we should use this app and do this and uh, that. And I'm like, okay, cool. So yeah. it was working. And, and to this day, from 2016 to now, we have successfully composted over like 50,000 pounds of food and yard waste from campus alone and that's just a tiny fraction like we haven't even gotten the whole campus yet Whoa! so it's a ton of, of waste that's going out and so yes the, the oh point my gosh. the point to the compost is what Woo! you're asking yes no and your your way of delivering this is so much better <laughs> than my pointed question earlier oh, carry on it is to reduce the amount of waste going to the landfill and so um, for anybody out there who doesn't know, the highest point of elevation in Corpus Christi is currently the landfill, which is sad. Whoa. And we, uh, the Islander Green team has been out to the landfill a couple times and we, we make it a point to go out and like visit sites like that and like stormwater uh, treatment plants, for mm -hmm. instance, and, um, and what else? Oh, recycling plants yes. and, and all different types of places to learn how these processes work. And so when we went out there, it was really eye-opening. Um, not only to see all of the trash and like uh, the mountain of it, but all the animals that were just like flying in it and eating it, like a lot of seagulls and different oh, kinds yeah. of, of even hawks and, and eagles and things that were out there like eating through the trash, drinking the leachate that was coming out, like that can't be good. Yeah. Um, and really hitting home to being like, how can we reduce this amount coming here? And so being at the university and having, you know, universities are known for producing, you know, lots of waste and using a lot of energy because there's a lot of yes, people. Yes, of course. Um, so composting is a way that we can not only reduce the amount that's going to the landfill, but also, um, okay, I, yeah, and I'm going to bring up this point. Um, the difference between the waste going to a landfill versus going to a compost yes. is different. Yes. So when people are like, oh, it's biodegradable, it's okay, it's still going in the trash, it's kind of not the same whenever you're composting it because what happens is when it gets into a landfill, it gets capped off from oxygen. Mm -hmm. So these anaerobic bacteria start working to break it down. And these yes. anaerobic bacteria produce methane gas, which is a potent greenhouse gas. Yes. And so everybody's all crazy about the carbon dioxide, which is true, but methane, we shouldn't forget, is like 20 times more heat trapping capacity than carbon dioxide. Oh, see, I don't think I knew that. So, like, it's pretty 
heavy stuff and yeah. we need to try to reduce the amount of emissions um, and so when you compost it however you're putting it in an aerobic environment which means oxygen is free-flowing and yes. you're turning it and you're, re you're yeah you're, the byproduct of the breakdown is different so these aerobic bacteria are in there yeah. and so they're releasing carbon dioxide which is what we breathe out so mm -hmm. I mean it's still a greenhouse gas yes but it's not as of course potent as yeah. the methane and so that's one thing so then, um, yeah, not only reducing the space of the landfill, but the emissions coming off, and also you're providing a fertilizer for the land. Mm. So it's not in replace of soil, it's like a soil additive. Yes. So instead of going out and buying buying fertilizer, mm -hmm. you can make it for mm -hmm. free. And it's even better because it's got like not only the nutrients in there, but the, the bacteria and fungi that are beneficial for the soil and the yes. plants. And you feel like you're more connected because of you're course. like valuing the resources and you're putting them back and you know where it's coming from. And, and what's really cool and exciting is um, the fun about composting, in my opinion, is like all the sprouts that come out. Like yeah. We've gotten like watermelons and pumpkins and um, potatoes and onions that have come out of the compost that we've like either... Um, like gotten out and re transplanted or just let grow in right. the compost and then we've eaten what comes out and it's See, really cool. See, that's pretty darn cool. So, so, <laughs> so that's just like a plus yeah. to your uh, reducing the amount of waste that ends up in the landfill kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, to me, it really is like, for lack of a better expression, like the circle of life kind of thing. So like yeah. we're, we're consuming, we're not consuming at all. So let's give it back to the earth. Let's see what it does with that kind of thing. Like you mentioned when they use the carcasses... You know, yeah. really extreme examples or Like whatever. when something dies, it's not really dead. You're yep. transforming it yeah, exactly. and it's, it's giving it life again. Yep. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much and how it ties in. So, yeah. okay, so you're a mom. Mm -hmm. Does your son, has he picked up on this kind of stuff? What does he think oh, about it? God. What does your family think about it? Your mom, I mean, everybody. Uh, oh, my mom's on board. I don't, I didn't give my mom enough credit on this. Sorry. I'm like, girl, it's no. It's all about... I'm like all about my grandma, I love her. But yes, my mom is a big influence on that as well. So she composts, yes. And uh, she had always gardened when I was growing up. It wasn't so much that she was planting like edibles, more than like she liked flowers. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. I remember she's the only person that I've seen grow successful strawberries. I still haven't, um, I'm still tweaking. And what, real, you got honored, <laughs> right, or recognized from Master Gardeners. So you're like kind of a badass gardener. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, I was given a scholarship from the Master Gardener. That. So gardening pays off. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out! <laughs> but I, I love that you're like, I couldn't even grow successful strawberries, and my mom grew successful strawberries. Yeah. I'm on this girl's recognized. So, people struggling with strawberries. Yes. There's certain things, it's like timing is everything. Mm -hmm. like, um, I think that's why I've hesitated to start, because it, everything I've read, it's very particular about yeah. when you plant and all that. But I need to just get over it. But I kind of, but then you start to experiment on your own, and, and, and then you start getting the cues from nature, like, you're you're noticing that it's a rainy season hey this is that's good for plants i should probably like throw some seeds on the ground because yeah. it's moist yeah or like uh, if it's really hot and dry then you might not want to plant or uh, of you course. know and so things like that like you'll learn through doing and like whenever you plant for like um or you plant on, on a certain time, uh, I heard it's always good to like keep a garden, or a garden journal. Okay. And uh, when you plant something, maybe write the date down, and if it works, then remember those dates. Oh, or that's a good idea. Or if it doesn't, idea. then be like, well, I mean, I'll be try. a scientist about it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. To citizen scientists. Yes. yes. I like that a lot. But and then, and then I would also like to add though too, growing up, I didn't think I would be into the sciences. I was more good at English same. And, and stuff That's like so that. Funny. Same, but, same. Um, but science was always intriguing to me and like I wasn't very good at math and I'm still not very good at math but it's important. <laughs> hey, whatever y'all were doing those calculations <laughs> oh. for your nitrogen and your carbon and all and that. And I got so the physics and calculus and stuff. Oh, it's God. crazy. I remember those. <laughs> but it was the challenge. It was like learning these new things that I wasn't necessarily good at but the fact that that if I worked hard, I could be, and that's that's like the confidence booster for me. It's like building up that that credibility within myself to yes. get things done. Isn't that huge? Yes. I love that you mentioned that. You keep making like <laughs> all these like really great points. That yeah, the uh, what'd you say? The confidence booster, the credibility within yourself. Yes. I mean, wow, because nothing's more important. Truthfully, right. I mean, a lot yeah. of people don't want to believe that, but it's true. And don't don't limit yourself on just what you're good at. Like if you're interested in something but you're intimidated, like just just delve into it a little bit or like uh, get to know somebody that is, and then and then it won't be so intimidating. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at all the incredible women you've had in your life. I mean, from your grandma and your mom to uh, Miss Anderson. Yeah, Miss Anderson and Marisa. And Dr. Smith Angle. Yeah. So I mean, you know, like you said, and, and that's actually a quote. I mean, an amazing quote not to limit yourself to what you're good at because then you're building these relationships you're learning a new skill and you yes. actually turned it into a career and one that you love right so yeah. i mean that's just <laughs> so so incredible so, so okay so say someone like me never composted ever in my life i'm gonna do it i'm gonna start like a small little compost in my yard mm -hmm. what do you recommend all right, cool. And I actually got called to like help somebody out with this, so that was really cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, and I'd and totally help wants, with anyone. Yes. That's what I was gonna ask. If somebody wants to needs help, can they needs help composting? <laughs> <laughs> Let me clarify. Yes. How do how would they get a hold of you? How do they reach out? Okay, um, so they could go on the Islander Green team website. Mm -hmm. um, you go on islandergreen.tamucc.edu. There's like links um, for composting, and then there's like um, other like uh, links for like emails and things. Um, I could give my my email? Yeah, however okay? you feel like okay. people contacting you. So, yeah, you could contact me at melissa.zamora at tamucc.edu, and I would be more than willing to go and help out with that. With oh, compost. you're amazing. Or gardening tips, but okay, so whatever you'd like to start with in your yard, I would say, and I'm just going based off of what I had done too yes. in my yard. You want to go to like the farthest point possible from your house. You okay. don't want it right up on your house because Thank it is... Thank you for saying that. <laughs> it is like rotting things a little <laughs> bit or like, you know, there are wildlife out there like you know possums and things like that around um that you might that might come around yes. but but i'm not one of those that's like against you know same. i'm more like I'm they same. were here first yeah um, and they're really beneficial that's like yeah. an entirely different conversation but i am pro possum <laughs> Yay. possum lives matter but i'm like okay y'all stay over there in the yeah. corner and so i would okay and you start in that area away from the house. You start with a an area that's well drained, so not a lot of an area that pulls. And it won't, a lot okay, of water. yeah, it won't accumulate. Good. Yes. Okay. So pay attention, like to your area, whatever, whichever one you're wanting to do. Mm -hmm. um, it could be exposed to sun, um, but yeah, you want it dry for the most part. It doesn't flood. Um, whether you want to start like a pile or a bin or an enclosed bin is okay. like anyone's choice. But it can be a pile. 
Yeah. It doesn't necessarily need to be contained. Right. Okay. It could be a pile. It could even be a hole dug okay. um, in the ground. And okay. So, there's so these sky is the limit. Different methods. Yeah. And I've tried most. And so what I find uh, the most, um, I guess, easy and eye appealing, it's not like a eyesore, um, is like getting some chicken wire or like this galvanized steel that mm -hmm. you can get at any hardware store. It's like a quarter inch or a half inch galvanized steel. And you get about... Um, Man, I'd say like 12 feet maybe of it. Or you're just going to want to create a circular bin. And then you you could either tie it together with string or or a zip ties or something just to make a, a cylinder. Yes. And like a, like a, yeah, a cylinder on the, on the ground there. And then you fill it with, um, I would start the base with like some branches and some leaves, some dry material, some things under there that are going to keep it um, a little aerated under yeah. there. Like you're not going to cut it off yes. for oxygen. And so keeping that in mind, fluffing it up on the bottom. And then you want to put, okay, what I do is instead of having like go having to go out and dump the compost every time I make some scraps up I put it in either a bowl or like a bag that I have on hand or something uh, when I'm cooking I put it in there to the side and then when I'm done I'll put the scraps either in the fridge or the freezer okay and once it's there it's not stinking at my house or accumulating roaches or flies exactly. it's just in there and in a certain drawer and once that drawer gets filled up I'm like okay it's time to take it out so then I go out to my compost site and I dump it out in there and then I go to my stockpiles, and so it's important whenever you're doing your yard, when you're raking up your leaves or you're cutting your grass, you want to put all of these materials in the corner where you're going to compost because you're going to want to take from those different piles of things to make like your oh, own recipe concoction right. of all of these um, waste materials that you're accumulating. Okay, in yeah. yeah. So not just the food waste, the yard waste. Yes. And so, and even paper shreds and, and cardboard or things mm -hmm. like that you want to experiment with. Dry leaves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, and so yeah, coffee grounds and all that stuff. So you put, I went over there and put my food in, and then I'll go ahead and put in like twice or three times as much as, and I'm eyeballing at this point because right. it's not a large amount. Yeah. Um, so then I'm putting like all the leaves and, and uh, branches and, and even a bit of soil on top. So it's good to put like a, a small layer of soil because the, the microbes, those bacteria that are in the soil are going to like get all activated and eating all that good stuff that you just laid out for right. them. So a compost, I like to think of it essentially as like you're taking care of all these like millions of microbial pets yeah. and you want to give them a balanced diet of the carbon and nitrogen. You want to give them water so it has to stay moist. Okay, so you water it. Yes. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, okay. sorry, I forgot to mention. So no. after you put all that together with the soil, you're going to water it real good and like not like overdo it but just enough like they say like a wrung out sponge or something okay, just, okay or until it comes out the bottom so right. you know it's all saturated yeah and then and then yeah it needs air and so after a few weeks once it's been sitting there you can take off that cylinder that you put on that galvanized steel just the circle around you know it's mm -hmm. easy to take off and then you like turn it with a shovel you just turn it inside out and all around and then you could either move it to the side and then start a new pile or you can leave it there and just keep adding onto that pile. Okay. Which it might take a little longer like that because every time you're adding new material, it's going to take uh, a while to break down. Mm -hmm. So and you recommend starting, like doing a, a cylinder, spreading it out, and then starting a new one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then, mm, 
You might want to just like turn it over after a couple weeks, that first pile, turn it to the next pile and then let that sit, but keep watering it and you'll let that sit for a few more weeks and then turn it maybe one more time and then that could be used. Okay. And you'll know that it could be used because, well, first of all, it shouldn't be hot. It shouldn't be stinky. It should smell like earth. Earth. Yeah. Okay. And like, you'll see it. Like it'll, it should be unrecognizable from what it once was. Wow. Okay. The finished product. That sounds so cool. But there's so much, other, you could get all into yeah. it with a I mean, that was the most basic, yeah. For, for someone, and, and I'm, I'm glad you shared that because for someone like me who wants to start, who has no prior experience doing it, that to me seems easy enough to follow. I mean, it requires work, but I love the comparison yeah. to them being little microorganisms <laughs> that, that are your pets that you're taking care of. I really yeah. like that, um, and, and I, it, I identify with it. It might take a while, a while. A lot of people don't like it because it does take a long time, but if you start it, and then you work at it like by next year you'll have like what you need so you might yeah go out and have to buy stuff while you're making it still mm -hmm. like whatever fertilizer you like to use but but then once you get to a point where you're making it regularly you're just gonna have it like yeah on constant hand. yeah so good things take time and and yeah that's that's compost in a nutshell well <laughs> melissa thank you so much uh i have learned an incredible amount from you and i just want to thank you for all that you're doing for the university and i mean the community really and your willingness to share what you know and so just thank yeah. you for being a leading lady and for coming thank you for having me this is fun <laughs>